Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi guys, another captain's log here. Um, I have to tell you just right off the bat, I'm a liar, okay? And I'm also lazy. So here's the thing. Um, a couple times during this episode, I'm going to allude to a straight out reference that I'm going to be talking about Sister Wise in this episode. Um, and I don't, okay? I've made the decision at this point to um, uh, save that episode for tomorrow and um what you're going to get today is a quick recap of real housewives of salt lake city and your regular monday what's going on in pop culture breakdown so again once again i've mentioned it a couple times i'm not going to i can't really be bothered to like edit all of the times that i reference it so i'm just just call me a dumb bitch it's totally fine i get it i absolve you and i'll be back with the sister wives episode 100 percent for sure tomorrow okay love you bye fake meredith is a piece of <laughs> i have your back and i'm offended by that <laughs> you that <laughs> piece of <laughs> garbage whore i hate her she's a whore she's half of new york Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, coming at you a little late and I think it'll be this way for the next couple of weeks because I feel like I can't dedicate an entire episode to the Sister Wives tell-all. Um, therefore, I think it's best that I just like fold it into Monday's episode and then we'll do 
Gosh, uh, Summer House on Wednesdays and then Married at First Sight on Fridays. So I think that's what we're going to be doing for the foreseeable future. Let's get into the episode. Oh, we got a lot to talk about. I'm like, I'm, I'm shaking. I'm, I've never been more confused about my emotions in my life. You guys know that I spent countless hours sharing my opinions with you every single week. And yet the situation, despite the fact that I've known it's been going on for months in my heart of hearts, the confirmation is a lot for me. And so obviously at this point, you know, as I'm recording this, I'm just moments off of the official announcement and uh, pregnancy pictures from one Robin Rihanna Fenty and the man that, you know, she's chosen to get pregnant by. So I'm very happy for her. She looked beautiful. I'm thrilled for the vintage, I believe, Chanel pink jacket that she's wearing. I think that her tendrils looked very pretty. I was thrilled for the snowflakes that fell upon her pregnant stomach um, under that tunnel, wherever the hell she was in New York. I was happy for whatever bystanders happened to walk past and see this photo shoot. I was thrilled for her jeans that supported the belly. And I'm really happy for her. And I'm happy for this child going to be the luckiest child in the world and I'm just feeling just a lot of things all at once Robin's really Rihanna's really like a Pisces queen for me she's an inspiration we were born two days apart and maybe a few years uh older I might be we don't have to get into that um but the point is that we see each other and I saw her as, as a bit of a sister and I feel protective of her and I, I want to trust her that this relationship is the right one for her. But I also know a lot about this man and the things that he said and done and been, and I have questions, but we just got to trust the process, you know? I also have to deal with the the sad realization that like we're probably never going to get a damn album out of her again. So that's over. And uh, I'm angry about that. Okay. I'm upset. And I'm hurt because I feel a little bit of a betrayal from her because three years ago she said I'm about to drop two albums and nary a one has even tried to come out. Not even the pinky toenail of an album has come out since then. So you know, this is going to be a hard episode for me. I'm like currently working through my feelings, but hopefully I can do the rest of the topics justice. Let's get into it. Speaking of pregnancy announcements, um, Nick Cannon got somebody else pregnant. I mean, eight children, eight, eight kids. This man has, I, it's a boy. Congrats. I don't know what he's doing. You know, what is there to say? <laughs> What is there to say? I mean, it's giving Duggar at this point, And it's like, how many, how many times do we, are we going to go through this? You know, how many times? Moroccan and Monroe don't deserve this. I, I just read through this article that he named one child, a, a daughter, powerful, powerful canon. 
let me talk about something else. Um, what else happened? <laughs> oh God, you guys, Kanye, I don't even want to talk about this because it's just so gross. It's just so gross. Okay, so it came out a couple days ago that things have really, like, gotten very messy between Kanye and Pete. And by that, I mean Kanye continuously talking shit about Pete. Apparently, he's been going around telling everybody who will listen that Pete has AIDS. And it's weird. It's very weird. It seems like he's told several people this. It's gotten back to Pete. Pete and and uh, Kanye have a lot of friends in common. They're both best friends with Kid Cudi and, you know, a, a whole bunch of other people. And it's weird. Kanye's denying it. I don't know. But apparently um, this guy, DJ Academics, who I don't know if many of you know him, but he's a chatty patty, frankly. <laughs> I don't really know if he actually DJs. He looks like, never mind, I won't get into it, but he does look like a character from Arthur, but I didn't say that. Just just let it go. Um, and he has a reputation really of being like, a, a, honestly, like a chatty patty. Like he's always in people's business. Isn't that terrible? Isn't that so annoying when people are always in other people's business? Um, but he's always, he's usually got the scoop He's weird. He is not really respected. He's kind of like the kid brother of the hip hop community. And, but there are some people that trust him. A lot of times he gets things wrong, but he has been right sometimes. So he's the one who's saying that everybody's, that Kanye has been telling everybody within earshot that Pete has AIDS and it's weird he, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, do I believe this? Kind of. Like, this is weird behavior even for Kanye. I think this is, like, a bridge too far. But I also think, given the last month of his behavior, I'm not surprised that things have escalated and accelerated to this point. So, I, you know, I really don't like to talk about Kanye's mental health issues because you know it's really not my business to parse through like what his behavior is due to his mental health and what is him just being an asshole because I think both of those things obviously can be true and with him I think it's definitely true but that's not my job and so oftentimes it's like difficult to talk about him because of that but like this is too far regardless Um, his mental health could be a reason for him saying this, but it's not an excuse. Like there's boundaries. Everybody has boundaries and, you know, there's a point where you can just say too much and this is not acceptable. And I don't even know like what the point of this would be. I wonder when people say this, like, how do you think this is coming off to other people? Like, do you think that they think it's funny? Do you think that they're like, oh, like, I don't know. I don't see the humor in that. I don't even understand. Like I was talking to my friends. Um, should I say, well, he, this person was mentioning that, um, somebody in their workplace had said, let's go Brandon to them. And it was weird. And that they were like, yeah, I'm not, that's not, we're not doing this. Like (laughs) for a lot of reasons, I'm not going to engage in this with you. And, um, you know, 
I wondered, my question was like, what do they think they're doing? Because like, to me, the whole let's go Brandon thing, like take the politics out of it. Like, let's just talk about whether or not it's funny. Like, it's not funny. And it's not funny because I respect Joe Biden. It's just not like, I don't get a chuckle. Like, it's lame. Like, it's just a lame joke, right? Um, So I wonder, like, when Kanye says shit like this, like, like, what, do you, what what is the reaction that you think you're going to get? Like, I feel like we're all way past, like, decades past making AIDS jokes about people. And, like, so what if he does? <laughs> so what? <laughs> like, what does that mean for you? What would that mean for Kim? Like, what are you, what is, what are you trying to say? Um... So I don't know, like, I kind of trust DJ academics in this sense, because I feel like he would not say something like this about Kanye unless he knew it to be 100% true, because why would you even bother, right? (laughs) Like, even for a chatty patty like him, I think he doesn't want this kind of issue with Kanye. Like, he doesn't want this kind of back and forth. Um, So I I believe him. And, And that's sad. And it's gross. And I don't like it. In the aftermath of all of this, let the record reflect that Kim's uh, Skim's valuation has now doubled to $3.2 billion, and Kanye's girlfriend is getting in fights with some, like, Upper East Side socialite, okay, at a restaurant. So, you know, who, who's the joke on? Who's the joke on? Do you guys want to hear the story about Julia Fox? It, <laughs> I'm only going to read it because... This chick sounds actually equally, if not more, thirsty than Julia, and they clearly planted this story in page six to, like, be like, oh, shit went down between me and Julia. So I'm just going to read it. Okay. This is, like, some, like, pretentious New York person shit, and that's why I think it's funny. So, um, Julia Fox got into a uh, fight at uh, Paris Fashion Week or Haute Couture Week with... A, a lady named Libby Mugravi. She is a socialite in Manhattan. And what she says is that they were in Paris. I guess Libby's friend, Libby has a friend who works in fashion. She's got a fashion line. And so they were all at the same restaurant and they asked, Libby asked on her friend's behalf to be like photographed with a picture like, hey, let's do like some sort of like spawn con situation. And that Julia just like blanked her and was just like, talk to my stylist. And Libby thought that this was like, super <laughs> rude. Here's where it starts getting petty. Mugrabi told page six, Julia was sitting in the restaurant with a group of people who were all in black, black lipstick, and they looked like they had been dressed by the scary section of the spirit Halloween story. When I asked if she would be photographed in my friend Celia's designs, Julia seemed insulted. And after I spoke to her table, she said, you're being very rude to my friend. She also accused me of being inebriated, which I was not. Um, Apparently she told her, Julia told Libby, you must be drunk or something. So then there was like a thing that went through one of Julia's friends was like, I think you guys are taping us and like basically provoking us to get some sort of reaction for a headline. And there was another eyewitness unnamed, probably a friend of Libby's, but said, or a friend of Julia's rather, they said, 
Julia was having a private dinner and Libby and her friends kept coming up to her table. Approaching a table during dinner and asking for a paid engagement is not really appropriate. Julia never said, talk to my stylist, that's just ridiculous. Libby was being rude to her friend, so Julia stood up for her friend. Libby was wearing a trucker hat with the word gaslight on it, and that was literally what she was trying to do to Julia and her friends. Um, yeah, they, it's just a back and forth. It's just very stupid. But I love for it because it's just like petty rich girls being like, <laughs> like, like this is the stakes are so high and there's nothing like, oh, we got into it because I asked my friend to, I asked some random chick of the week to do a spawn con and she didn't, <laughs> she was rude to me. Like both of you guys sound like losers in this equation, you know, and that's where I laugh. That's where I chuckle. Anyway, next topic is about Erica Jane. I know that there's been a lot of uh, misunderstanding with regard to this news. There's been a lot of drama coming out of Beverly Hills. Should we talk about this one post? I, You guys know that, most of you know, that Kathy Hilton, in, throughout her tenure on the show, has had a repeated propensity to use Instagram as... Uh, private communication between herself and whatever celebrity or family member she's talking to. She'll frequently um, comment on Paris's Instagram, like, honey, call me. Do you want to meet me here for dinner tonight? (laughs) Like she uses it as a personal one-to-one messaging system. So she did that again. Apparently the wives, the housewives are on a trip. There's been, uh, drama between Erica and Rinna, to my understanding. That Rinna is kind of... She's going back on her support. Apparently, the, the rumors were saying that, like, Rinna's trying to be supportive of Erica, but Erica is taking it as Rinna now, like, turning her back on her. Um, and not being as loyal as she was last season. Dorit, I guess, is caught in the middle. Erica, I think, and Dorit, I believe, end up leaving the cast trip in the middle of the night or late at night. And there's been, like, a whole drama. Apparently, Garcelle and Rinna and Sutton are all getting along. And just basically every, it sounds like everything that happened last season is now gone topsy-turvy. Um... You know, whether or not this is actually true, who's to say? The point of this being (laughs) that apparently all this shit went down. There was all this drama. Kathy was on the cast trip. And so she, she, um, posted a comment. She left a comment on her husband, Rick's, uh, Instagram, just on a random picture that said, it was a video that said TGIF. Um, and she posted, please call me. I need to get out of here now with... Uh, six exclamation points. It's since been deleted, but obviously, you know, screenshots only take but a second to take. So, um, if people found that, obviously, like, I think she, I, I, this seems always, this seems very tactical to me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you guys, sometimes I get the best Instagram comments because people who don't follow me and who clearly don't understand how Instagram works, I, almost every day. I will get comments where people write comments, uh, you know, as though I'm the person that I'm posting about. So I just got a, a congratulations for, to me and ASAP Rocky for, for our pregnancy. 
Congratulations to us both. So thank you. Thank you, James. Um, gosh, it really ramps up during Sister Wives, you guys. The Run, don't walk. Even if you don't watch Sister Wives and you don't give a shit, just go to, go to, if you just want like a little cackle on a Wednesday or Thursday, or today, if you're listening to it later today, just go to my, whenever I post about Sister Wives, people come out of the woodwork calling me a piece of shit husband, calling me the worst person. And it's so entertaining to me. And Liz Bentley, shout out to you, is always like, girl, I don't know why you put these hashtags because you invite these people. And I said, yes, ma'am, I do. Because it's funny to me and it makes me laugh. Let me get back to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. The point of it all is that during all of this chaos, um, Erica had a, uh, she was dismissed from a fraud and embezzlement lawsuit that she was lumped in with Tom. So on January 29th, which was Saturday, the Northern District of Illinois stated uh, in a court document filed, Pursuant to stipulation, plaintiff's claims against defendants EJ Global LLC and Erica Girardi are dismissed without, dismissed without prejudice and without cost. Now, this case, there are several of them out there against Tom and uh, to some extent Erica, but this was in conjunction, or this was because of the $2 million. Um, they were accused of embezzling $2 million in settlement funds from the plane crash. Um, this suit was filed in December of 2020. It's since been dismissed. Um, in the suit, Erica was allegedly accused of mishandling several of his clients' money, but this would be the, the widows and orphans portion of her, um, accusations. Now, a lot of people were super excited about this news or, you know, shocked. I don't know what, there were a lot of, uh, reactions to it. But the thing that I think we need to keep in mind is that this really doesn't mean a whole lot. It only means that it was dropped in that district. This could easily and more than likely will be picked up somewhere else. And she could just, I mean, it's like cool, but it's not like she's getting out scot-free on this. This is more than likely going to pop up somewhere else. And she could have every opportunity in the world to be uh, in trouble for this. Um, also this week there were, oh, and that I believe there were rumors that this came up during the show and, and why maybe Erica left is that there were some earrings that Erica is not wanting to give up despite there being allegations of there being a direct and clear, line between Erica using the funds to buy these earrings, which I think are valued at like three quarters, like 750,000. I guess they're alleging that they have been able to establish that Erica willingly and like absolutely knew that she was using funds from something she shouldn't have been taking from and bought these uh, earrings. I guess she's like not wanting to give them up. And I think this comes up on the show Again, we'll see. I mean, they've been deep into filming. Beverly Hills is good for a leak, even if it's just something like crazy things are happening and things like dramas going on between so-and-so. Even if it's vague shit, they'll leak it because they know how the fandom is with Beverly Hills. They know that they are hanging on a thread, okay, of goodwill from the earlier seasons 
Um, and that people are like really sick of them being so boring season after season. So because all of this stuff has really only come out now, again, I said this like when they announced just a few weeks ago or a month ago that there were two new housewives, that they don't have anything. They, they don't have anything. So, I mean, cool, I guess that they're, we're going to get this one fight, but like, okay. <laughs> like if you told me at the end of last season that what I could look forward to in the next season is one fight about Erica's legal trouble, troubles and like Rinna flipping, I'd be like, okay, great. So exactly what happened the season we just watched. So I really don't care. I'll be watching, but I don't. I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to, I don't like Lisa Rinna and I don't want to have to watch her. (laughs) It feels unfair. It feels unfair. Speaking of things that feel unfair, um, the lineup for the cycle three of United States celebrity big brother has been announced. You guys, I love celebrity big brother. UK. The U.S. version, not for me. I find it somewhat enjoyable. It's really cast dependent, and there have only been two. And I really liked uh, Candy and Tamar's season. But here's the thing. When you watch the U.K. version, it's like the U.S. just doesn't hit like that. Like, even though I don't even know half of the... UK celebrities or even most of them it's so much more entertaining and here's why they don't coddle the celebrities nearly as much as they do on the US version like like the US version like the UK version they make them socialize more there's more of a it feels like more like regular big brother where the US version feels like a skit that they got a bunch of celebrities playing Big Brother, if that makes sense. It's not really as much of a competition show. Like, they have to do stuff, but it's clear that they, like, get coddled a lot more, that they have access to a lot more. They just, like, really treat the ones in UK like they're kind of regular people, and it makes for a much more interesting show. Way more. Um, But I'll still be watching, so here's the lineup. So we have, of course, we got to get like some sort of athlete and Olympian. So Lamar Odom, girl, <laughs> if we know one thing about Lamar Odom, it's that he like practically has his own mic pack. He stays in front of a camera. He's ready to talk. So I really cackle every time he brings up the fact that like, oh, you know, when I got married to Chloe, I really got wrapped up in the in the media. And it was just like really overwhelming for me, as he says in front of his 25th camera interview about how he didn't like the spotlight and the attention. Like, girl, I mean, let's just get our get our um our bets in now. How many times do you think he's going to talk about Chloe? Let's just even talk about in the premiere episode. And Tristan. Two times. I'm going to say two times he's going to bring up Chloe. Or the Kardashians. Somewhere in the universe. He's a specific mention of Chloe with a more than likely mention of Tristan. I'm putting that on um, the Old Navy t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> 
I, I can pretty much guarantee you that's going to happen. But let's move on. Um, Olympian ice skater Mirai Na- Nagasu, uh, Shana Mokler. Woo! Shana and Lamar are going to have a lot of things to talk about. And I can't wait. <laughs> we know y'all know Shanna is Travis Barker's ex-wife. <sighs> Chills. Chills. Okay. Um, Carson Cressley, also another man good to get in front of a camera at any given moment. Um, Teddy Mellencamp. Now, I've been thinking about this. This thought has been prattling in my mind for months now. And you guys know that I'm both sex positive and feminist. I don't ever want to disrespect a woman at a woman's on a woman level because even if I don't like her. So I've had this thought in my head and I've kept it to myself because it sounds bad, but after weeks of consideration, I don't know how else to ask this. And I don't even mean this in a literal way. So please, like, I don't mean this literally. Whose dick is Teddy Mellencamp sucking to keep getting these opportunities? Like, I don't get it. Like, I know she's literally not doing a casting couch situation. I know that. Make no mistake. But, like, metaphorically speaking, I, it just isn't adding up how somebody who has been branded as the most boring housewife, how is it that she's still getting jobs based on her personality? How is she getting extra TV gigs, like correspondent gigs, podcasting deals, multiple podcasting deals? I don't want to hear her. I don't care about a single opinion that she has about anything. I could put her on mute and I feel like I would not miss a beat on what's going on with, with whatever show she's on. How is she getting opportunity? I don't get it. How is there a market for her? I thought we all didn't like her. Like her song, her swan song was getting fired from the show and then tumbling right into a lot of drama about the disordered eating that's happening with her like all in by Teddy um, dietitian without any real credentials program. I thought we were like letting that go. And yet here she is. So again, I just, when I ask the question, just know what I mean. I hope that makes sense. Whose? Because it's just not adding up to me. Like, even Teddy fans could say, this is kind of a lot. Like, what's, you know? You know what I mean? Anyway, I'm not even halfway through the list. Okay, go on. Todrick Hall, uh, Chris Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC, Todd Bridges from Different Strokes, Chris Kattan from SNL. Um, There's a UFC fighter named Misha Cupcake Tate. Okay. Um, and then Cynthia Bailey from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, Cynthia must need a check, right? <laughs> Cynthia must need a check. I think things maybe, I, have you guys seen the rumors that maybe things are not going well between she and Mike? Mike Hill, maybe Chill has uh, gotten a little too cold in the relationship. Mike, I guess, went on an interview, went on a podcast and said that he... And Cynthia got into a fight on their first anniversary vacation that was so bad that he wondered if they would make it to their second anniversary. He didn't get into the details, 
but it's giving, um, you know, Dax and Kristen, like, I just feel like we know too much about the dysfunction and how hard it is for you guys to get along with each other. So it's, it's a red flag for me, dog. It's a red flag for me. Um, also, if I was Cynthia, like, I would be a little bit gun shy based on how she came off during girls trip, or maybe this is going to be her opportunity. Maybe she's motivated to rewrite uh, the last memories of her because they were not good. Cynthia Bailey Hill went down real bad on girls trip. And I think she, even she would willingly admit that it was not a good look. Um, if you guys weren't able to watch it because it was on Peacock and you don't have it, it's actually going to start airing on Bravo February 8th. And you'll see what I mean. I don't want to spoil it for those who don't, who didn't watch it and want to watch it with fresh eyes, but it's, embarrassing and I'll leave you with that um I'm I'm excited about this season because of Lamar and Shanna I just think that we'll get a couple pull quotes that I'll be talking about on the show (laughs) and I'm excited about that um how when does this air it actually airs starts airing on Wednesday February 2nd so if you're interested I'm going to be watching and I hope you join me. I hope you join me. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Speaking of things I'm watching, have you guys gotten into Secrets of Playboy? It's uh, They've aired now two episodes. It's on A&E. If you're in America, if you're not in America, I don't know what to tell you. You're going to have to Google yourself. Um, ask Chiefs. That was a good joke, Kara. <laughs> um, so I watched the first two episodes. The first one was about really really just about Hefner, Hugh Hefner. And then the second one was more Holly based. It was about her experience in the mansion, her relationship with Hugh and her, it feels weird to call him Hugh, right? Should I just call him Hef? Who cares? Um, her relationship with Hef and her, um, time on the show. And I, okay. So a lot of the first episode was about a woman who, grew up in the mansion. Um, her father was, I think maybe his physician or something. He worked for him in some capacity. And so his dad had a room at the mansion and she would stay there like a couple nights a week for years, basically spent 
her adolescence and teen years uh, in the mansion part-time. And she says that at first it was like this great thing that everybody was like a great community of people. You know, it's like hot chicks in the pool with sun in in their hair and like everybody was having a great time and it wasn't this like dirty, weird, misogynistic thing. It was like everybody's friends. She felt very at home and like kind of like a sorority, cool place to be. A positive, positive thing. Um, And then she talks about how things really took a turn. And it kind of culminates in her falling in love or being highly infatuated with one of Hef's girlfriends at the time. They don't use her real name because um, they end up entering into some sort of sexual relationship at some point. And this chick at the time is like 15. So, um, it gets to the point where she turns of age, I think she's 17, and the chick says something like, I basically invites her to use Hef's room, right? With, and her, for a threesome. And it just was very weird. Nothing ever happened between she and Hef, but she's like, it was just very weird. It was like it took a turn because this whole time, my whole life, I had looked at him more like a father figure or an uncle figure. And now it's like, I could just tell by the look in his eyes that something had changed. Um, like I said, nothing happened because I think the girlfriend ended up crying and getting upset. So kind of like ruined the mood, I guess. Um, so that was kind of the big story. And then she says that she ends up writing a book and it comes out like years later, like mid two thousands, I think. And Hef called her and was like, Hey, congratulations on the book. You know, whatever. I just, if you could not talk about me knowing about you having a relationship with that chick, that would be great. Like leave me out of it. Cause you were a minor and I just is not going to be a good look if you're telling people that I knew about this. Right. And then he asked her if she had any interviews planned. And she was like, yeah. He was like, okay, well, send me the list of the people you're doing an interview with. And then she says, right after that, one by one, all these interviews got canceled. And I know that he did it because I gave him the information. And then right after it it all went away. And yeah, that was unfortunate. And then the second part, like I said, was really about Holly and it was sort of like a he said she said because holly talks about how she um knew that there would be people who'd be like oh my gosh like he's so nice he's such a giving man he's great they're like yeah well they only saw that like performative party version of half they didn't see the version that i saw and so we do see a staff member or former staff member talk about and his wife talk about how like yeah holly you seem so happy like basically being like how could she have written a book like that it just felt like fake shit and it felt like a betrayal because she seemed happy this whole time so like how could she say all the things she said in her book and Then she talks about how she comes out. I'm not sure if she's ever mentioned this, but she said that uh, she later in life was diagnosed 
diagnosed with Asperger's because when she was married, her husband had, uh, had a phone call with her mother and was like, I can't connect with her. Like things aren't, you know, we just can't communicate on a level and I don't know what's going on. And her mom said, yeah, well, I think she might be on the spectrum. And then Holly looked into it, talked to a doctor and was like, oh, <laughs> like I, I am like everything is making a lot more sense now that I'm seeing the symptoms. And so she says that a lot of the, the uh, pull to join the mansion was that sorority aspect that she had always felt like an outsider. She was from a small town in Alaska Her and her family also traveled a lot. So she never really planted roots and she never really felt like she belonged. And she looked at this place like, Oh, it's like built in friendship. This is going to be so easy for me. And she's like, you know, a lot of people will say that the money was the motivation for these girlfriends and for them to stay in the mansion. She's like, it really wasn't like that for me. Like, yeah, all this stuff was nice, but I was really in it for the community. And yeah, I mean, she says that Hef was an asshole. Bridget was interviewed, which I thought was very interesting. No mention of Kendra, even in the footage. They played a lot of footage of the show and just of them at parties and stuff. And I think they only showed Kendra like briefly once or twice. Um, like I said, they never mentioned her and, um, yeah, I mean, Bridget mentioned something that I thought was very fascinating, which is that she came into the girlfriend scene. She became a girlfriend after Holly and something, I wish I could remember. I'm like, I'm kicking myself now, but it was something about the dynamic of like, Holly knew that I wasn't going to try to take her place as the number one girlfriend. And so that was a lot of the reason why they didn't. Now it could sound like at the outset that like Holly was trying to run shit and she was just like, Oh, I knew she knew I wasn't trying to take her crown and that's why we became friends. But it sounded like <laughs> it really more worked out for Bridget as like, yeah, I really didn't want that. And so for me, it worked out because I was happy to have her be the number one and me just like get whatever I got out of it. Holly also mentioned how she just kind of figured out that she and have had the same uh, interests in terms of liking to watch old movies and kind of like staying home and how he used that against her and against her with the other girlfriends and that he would always be like, why can't you be more like Holly? Why can't you do what Holly does? And she was like blinded by the fact that he did that. She straight up says at some point that she had Stockholm syndrome and they play her a clip from, I don't know if it was his birthday. I think it was his birthday from the show and he's reading a card that she wrote and she starts crying and Basically, it's like, well, this seems like a really emotional, romantic moment between two partners. How do you explain that, basically? And she's like, well, I was crying because it was a lie. And he's sitting reading this card of, like, basically bullshit that I wrote. And I'm crying because it's just embarrassing. <laughs> like, it's just so stupid that I would be doing this for a man that I wasn't really even in love with. And I don't know. I thought it was pretty interesting. I, I, I'll check it out. Also, I watched episode one of 
We Need to Talk About Cosby. That was uh, produced and directed by W. Kamau Bell. Uh, he does a lot of stuff with CNN that's really poignant and it's on Showtime. The first episode I thought was pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm still like kind of taking it all in and it really just talks about his origins, how he got into the game, how he navigated Hollywood, the positive things that he did for black people in Hollywood. Um, and then I thought it was really, uh, interesting how it like snaps you right back into reality of like this woman tells her story she tells exactly what happened to her um on a night where she and her friend uh were out while she was mourning the death of her son and he sexually assaults her and then it's like it puts you right into perspective of like oh so as he's building his career and you see like a physical timeline go across the screen of all the accomplishments, the shows, the, you know, all all of the shit he's doing. And then there's like a separate timeline of all these women's accusations by the year. She was 20, 1969, a, a quick little snippet of her story. And then the next woman, the same year, 22 years old. And then the next woman, and then the next woman, and the next woman. And then you see the timeline of like all these accomplishments with all the assaults that he's doing during that as his career is rising and it was like, I, I thought it was really uh, poignant, really important and really impactful um, to see that visually put together. So definitely recommend that. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for uh, hot topics, news, whatever. Um, the rest of the episode is going to be a recap of the t- part one tell all of Cicero. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Otherwise. All right. Love you. Bye. Okay, dude. Sorry. I would be remiss if I did not talk about the last episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City just for a few minutes. Wow. Wow, you guys. Um, Wow. <laughs> A lot of things. A lot of things were said and a lot of things happened. I think that people were kind of sleeping on this season because of the past few episodes, but the girlies came to play and they all showed the fuck out. Except for Jenny. We don't talk about her. We don't... No, thank you. Um, I don't... I don't. Okay? 
I don't. So, uh, here's the thing that I think is getting lost in the sauce with regard to Jenny and Mary. Now that we know what we know, I think it's very clear that Mary is sensing what Jenny is trying to, or what Jenny is communicating with her, even subconsciously, is a a, a biased dislike and hatred of Mary. Um, shout out to the editors for showing the clip that I had been referring to last week or the other week about... Um, um, Jenny just going off on Mary, who wasn't even speaking to her or even, uh, really getting into it with somebody else. Uh, Jenny really hopped in and like told her, like screamed at her to shut the fuck up. And it really came out of nowhere. Um, multiple times where Jenny gets really aggressive with Mary when literally it's none of Jenny's business <laughs> and Mary's not speaking to her. So I think that, yeah. I, I'm understanding a little bit more where Mary's coming from. And I wish that I, I'm understanding also where Meredith is now coming from a little bit more with regard to Mary. Um, maybe I'm getting Mer- giving Meredith way too much credit, but I think that when I, I don't understand why, like Whitney and Heather kept trying to, pin Mary down with this why don't you like Jenny do you like her explain to us why you don't like Jenny and Mary was just saying we're not friends I don't like her because I don't like her I don't want to talk about it and when she says we're not friends she means like the group of us is not friends so if I don't like Jenny it's really no different than like the fact that Meredith doesn't like Lisa and that Lisa doesn't like Meredith and that least Whitney doesn't like Lisa or any of the other combinations of people that don't like each other because it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter that Mary doesn't like Jenny. It doesn't affect their group dynamic really only because you guys keep asking her about it and she keeps telling you the truth, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, and like, y'all don't like the truth. And you're like, well, I don't understand it. I don't like the truth. Why can't it be different from what you're saying? And it's like, famous thing that we all need to live by is to not ask questions if we can't or don't really want the answer, you know? And Whitney and Heather keep asking Mary this question not really wanting her honest answer, and then they're getting upset with her for being honest, right? So I, 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 I understand her like frustration of being like, well, this doesn't have to be a whole big conversation with our group because this isn't like the sisterhood of the traveling pants, girls. Like, we're just working here, <laughs> is what she really wants to say. Like, none of us are really friends, and we all need to talk about that. And. I think that we all need to be honest about the fact that, like, these women are filming together. These women are doing a job. They're not friends. And that's totally fine. It's still making for a great show. It's just not going to be Jersey in that way. It's not going to be Potomac in that way. This is why Potomac is brilliant, you guys, is that Potomac takes from Salt Lake City and they take from... Uh, a show with like real friendships like you know Beverly Hills claim to be right is that they know that they're doing a show but they also have these very close friendships with each other like Karen and Giselle know that they're doing a show they know that their frenemyship 
is makes for good television. But they will say in an interview about each other that they love each other, that they'll always be friends, that there's a deep respect for each other. So even what we see on TV is real. It's also like they know what they're doing and they separate what's going on with their mics off than when they're on, you know? And I and this is why Potomac is great. But that wasn't we're talking about Salt Lake City. Um so yeah, I kind of wish that they would get off Mary's jock about that because I'm also like um, you know, it's it's kind of like what happened with Garcelle last season where she's dropping hints to all these ladies like, "Hey, I don't really feel included" or "Hey, like this and that. I feel like I'm an outsider in this group." And it took Dorit and Rinna to like have to like nail her to the cross, so to speak, for her to break down in tears and say, Hey, I'm the only black woman in this group. I feel like an outsider. I don't feel included off the bat. And so you guys got to understand that like my reactions might be because of that. And I think that's Mary can't and won't articulate that because I don't think it's worth her time. And therefore it's like, it might seem at the outset that Whitney is saying like, how can you be so cruel and say that Jenny doesn't matter and also have a congregation of people. And Mary's like, because she doesn't like me. She hates me. So why can't I be honest? Why can't I stand up for myself? You know, like there's a very unspoken thing that I think needs to be said. And it's not going to because Mary has taken herself out of the equation as far as the show is. And I hope that like somebody gets through to the other housewives about that. I do. And to that end, I think this would maybe help Lisa not be so angry with Meredith, even though like, let's be real. (laughs) Meredith doesn't fuck with Lisa. That's very clear. It's been very clear this whole season and it makes all the sense in the world. Like she really doesn't have to explain it. It does not make sense why Lisa would actively pursue a friendship with Jen. It does not make sense. It's like a slap in the face, right? It's one thing to be like, oh, we were friends this whole before this. And like, I just want to maintain the friendship and you guys have your own thing. But like, you know, I just don't want to get into it. But it's another thing to like actively try to and like be best friends publicly with the bitch that called your son a twink, you know, (laughs) like that's pretty fucked up. And Lisa's not understanding that. And she keeps perpetually playing the victim Because Meredith is like, I don't fuck with you because of what you did. Right? And, like, (laughs) I think if... It's clear to me that, like, part of what Meredith is doing with her friendship with Mary is, like, trying to prove to Lisa, like, this is what you get out of a friendship. But, like, you're not behaving this correctly, so you're not getting it. (laughs) But, like, I also understand when Meredith is, like... Yeah, what Mary's saying to Jenny isn't nice, but, like, it's her truth. <laughs> so, whatever, you know? Like, what? What? literally, what is Meredith going to do? It's not worth it. With that being said, if none of that happened, then we would not have gotten one of the best, the best hot mic moments in Housewives history since... 
he got his dick sucked at the roundup, and I know, and I know the boys who did it. Okay. <laughs> um. Wow. Like. Wow. <laughs> Lisa, who is who did we think Lisa was talking to? Ugh, the the fifth housewife is always going to be a door, a door that they stand behind and just rant. It's just so good. It's always going to be so good. She was breathless. It was like she was hyperventilating. Was there a producer behind that door? Was she talking to John on the phone? Was she just talking to herself like like Robert Durst and the and the Jinx? I didn't hear any burps. I don't know. Um, oh, time out. When Mary went off on her, Lisa, <laughs> for only eating fast food, why do all roads lead to, like, <laughs> nutrition with Mary? Mary, I think, might have a, a second career breakthrough with, like, some sort of dietitian um, license, uh, something. All roads lead to um, not eating properly and bad periods with, <laughs> with regard to other people, and particularly Lisa's bad behavior. So she just completely lashes out on her <laughs> for eating Taco Bell <laughs> and said, who, who does that? You eat Taco Bell like three times a week. Who does that? <laughs> you and your children need nutrients. <laughs> My, I mean, this conversation was really one for the books. I could not believe it. Lisa just going back and being like, I love Taco Bell and I also love fine dining. <laughs> Write it on my tombstone. I'm not even joking. Then after that, Heather Gay comes to play. I died. Because they, Heather and Mary go back and forth. And this gets, Mary gets into it and tries to throw shade at Heather for not having a husband. Because they're on a Mother's Day trip, uh, you know, paid for by all their husbands, right? And Heather's just like, Mary, fuck you. (laughs) I loved it. I truly love when Heather Gay gets activated. It's really a sight to behold. Um, And then she says, who's your husband? You married your step-granddaddy. And honestly, Mary didn't even flinch. Didn't even flinch. And we have to respect a bitch who doesn't flinch. You really do. Oh my God. What else happened? I mean, this is a Cinco de Mayo party thrown in shade by Jen Shaw because Mary called her a Mexican thug. And it's also a party that Meredith says to Whitney, they have a one-on-one conversation because Meredith doesn't feel comfortable if Jen is paying for this party because she told the feds that her like valuation was at zero. <laughs> so I would just feel very uncomfortable if she was paying for this. Um, and so Whitney's like, well, I, to my understanding, it was paid for by the husbands, but I didn't ask. Um, and then <laughs> this whole thing, just absolutely bananas. Jen then gifts them with uh, the snowflake, individual snowflake necklaces that she and co-conspirator number one, Stu Chains, uh, got before 
the feds came knock knock knocking on the 15 minute uh botox parking spot at the beauty lab and laser and oh man so she gives them all <laughs> meredith is uh tensely accepting which uh whitney clocks and is like why would she accept this necklace when she had such a big issue with the dinner uh cut to watch what happens live <laughs> where Meredith explains that she has since given that necklace to a lawyer <laughs> for safekeeping because if you know things don't end up well for Jen then she wants to be able to give that necklace back uh, in restitution should she need to and if she doesn't then she'll revisit whether or not she wants to keep it at that point <laughs> iconic just iconic baby <laughs> So, yeah, back to Lisa Barlow's behind that door moment. Just explosions, explosions all over Zion, Utah. She's saying shit like, uh, fake Meredith is a piece of shit. She's a piece of fucking shit garbage whore. She's a whore. She's fucked half of New York. Same. She and her dumb family that poses. She says, I'm not a fucking husband and I'm not a fucking whore and I don't cheat on my husband. Um, Whore, whore, whore. Everybody whore. And then she yanks open the door. Honestly looks beautiful in her like black sports bra and the boyfriend jeans. And she throws her mic pack at the cameraman and says, here, you can have your mic back. She knew. I, here's the thing. I cannot because my body will not allow it, Stan Lisa Barlow. Do I think she is an incredibly fascinating creature to behold a thousand percent? Was that a moment? Without a doubt. Just put it right up in the Hall of Fame. I loved it. I, you can't come back from this. (laughs) You cannot come back from this. I didn't watch all of Watch What Happens Live, but at one point, Meredith... Um, says that she and Seth have not dated anybody for two years, so she doesn't know what Lisa's talking about. <laughs> like, okay. Well, I think Lisa's known you longer than two years, and maybe this is what she's referring to. You don't really seem to be denying uh, any of the whore of it all, and I love that for you. I love the idea that, like, Meredith Marks is a jeweler in the streets and just like a total freak in the sheets. I love that. I love that. It makes her, for me, significantly more interesting and likable. Whether that says something bad about me, I don't know. But that's just how I feel. Um, Is that all I'm going to say? Yes, I I have to move on. Got to talk about Sister Wives. Okay. Okay. 